Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. Good morning, everybody. How are we? Okay, fabulous. Well, Merry Christmas. So today, uh, you know, it's the, the eve before the eve, right? It's the Christmas Eve Eve service. We love to celebrate Christmas as Christians, right? We're doing a series called Emmanuel, and today is Emmanuel is Peace. So uh, Mariah preached last week about Emmanuel is hope. And as we look forward, hope is the thing you don't have yet, right? It's the thing you're looking toward, and it creates this momentum and energy to move you towards something, something of great consequence, something that is important, and especially hope that is eternal. This is the hope that we reach for. I love, love this idea that God brings hope. He brought hope in, in, in Jesus himself, Emmanuel, God with us, is hope alive, hope present. That, that Jesus, not only coming, is fully God, fully man, makes a way for you and I to have eternal peace. Our hope is that we will have eternal peace, eternal rest, eternal wholeness. This word peace is a really cool word because in the Hebrew uh, word, it means wholeness. Like to bring together, not only tranquility and, and bring safety, but it means to make whole. Actually, to bring things together as if they were missing pieces, something missing in your life. But when God comes in, Jesus, the Prince of Peace, he brings wholeness to everything. He is the missing piece that actually makes it all come together. How cool. We're going to just look through the life and the eyes of Joseph today. Uh, Joseph is a very cool character um, in the Bible, and we don't usually look at his life, but this poor guy, he got put into a really difficult situation. Um, I want you to see this first. Uh, I, in Isaiah, there's a prophecy that obviously Joseph is, you know, just doing life, and he's not imagining that this prophecy would be fulfilled in his life like that day, right? He's just going along, but there's this prophecy that was in the wind and had been prophesied in Isaiah 9-6. It says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. It's this prophecy of the Messiah, the Savior, coming to the Jews, coming to us, and saving us all. But, but poor Joseph didn't realize that this was about to happen to him. And I can't imagine if it was you or I, you know, we make this story into this really nice, uh, easy, all beautiful, you know, romantic almost scene of how, you know, Mary gets pregnant uh, with, by the Holy Spirit and then, you know, they go have baby Jesus in the manger and, oh, it's God and the wise men are all there and the shepherds bow down. But, you know, this actually reminds me a little more of a Jerry Springer show. <laughs> this is like reality TV at its best, Right? Let's look, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Super common, happens all the time. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had it in mind to divorce her quietly. So just a simple note here is that these two were betrothed. And so in the betrothal time uh, period, during the, the, the culture of Israel that was set aside by the law or established by the law, is that 
you're basically married for a whole year, but you don't get to have sex. That's like kind of like the basis of it all, right? And so they have a whole year time period where they have to be faithful to each other. They get to know each other. Usually they were kind of like arranged marriages and they have this betrothal period, right? So they're getting to know each other, but the, really the only deal breaker is if someone is unfaithful to the other person. And if you do that, the punishment is stoning. It's pretty harsh consequences. So most people didn't do that, right? Can you imagine? There'd be a little less adultery going on in the world if we all got stoned. All right. Just leave it, Tanner. Just leave it. Don't touch it. (laughs) I want to so bad. Okay. Verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him to do and he took Mary uh, home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Come on. I don't know, man. Poor Joseph. I mean, can you imagine you're going in your life and you, you, you're just, okay, hey, Mary, what's up? We're betrothed. We're just starting to fall in love. It's, it's you know, I, I think you're kind of cute. It's going to be good. You know, we're like moving forward. He's thinking, okay, well, we're, we're going to, this thing's going to work, you know? And then all of a sudden, you know, she comes and tells him this. And I can't imagine if it would have happened in, you know, modern time, right? So if it like happened today, I want you to imagine Joseph married today, right? And how would have this shook down? It, again, would be a little more like a great episode on a reality TV show. Mary picks up her cell phone, texts Joseph. Hey, Joe, can we talk? I have something kind of important to tell you. Yo, baby, you can text, you can talk to me anytime. Is now a good time? For you, baby, anytime's a good time. (laughs) Emoji, smiley face, winky face, winky face, winky face. (laughs) Hey, Joe. (laughs) It's me, Mary. Yo, baby, you know I got caller ID. I know it's you. How you doing? How you doing? Well... It's kind of a weird day. I sort of woke up today and last night, I just gotta tell you about last night. You know, is it really a good time? I mean, are you you really, are you sitting down? Yo, listen, you can tell me anything. Just, Just tell me, baby, I'm ready, I'm ready. It's good, it's good. Okay, so, last night, there's this angel, came into my room, I'm pregnant, it's God's son. Say what? Who was in your room? Is <laughs> this angel? He he is really big. He's in my room. You, who's this dude named Angel? 
Some dude, some dude named Angel's in your room last night? I'm going to kill him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find one. I'm going to kill him. No, 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 Joseph, listen to me. Not a guy named Angel. I mean a real angel from the Lord. He was tall. And, oh, my goodness. And he said, I'm, I'm pregnant with the holy immaculate conception. The Holy Spirit. Joseph was the Holy Spirit and pregnant. Yo, baby, you know what you're talking crazy right now. You're not making no sense. You're saying you're pregnant it's another man's baby? It's another man's baby? Yeah. It's another man's baby, but he's God. Right? That makes sense, right? No, baby, that makes no sense. You're crazy. I don't know what you've been doing, but uh, this thing is over. We're done. I'm not doing this no more. No, Joseph, you just totally Joseph. This is the way you always are. You never listen to my feelings. What about me? I mean, I'm having the worst day of my life. I'm pregnant, and it's God's. Like, how do you even deal with that? Like, where are you? What do you expect me to do? I don't know. What about feelings? Don't mean nothing to me right now. You're pregnant with another man's baby. I just, I just don't even know how to talk to you anymore. I thought we were friends and we were going to be married. And now, I mean, why don't you, you should be comforting me right now? It's like, baby, we're done. This is over. I'm out. Right? <laughs> Delete phone number. Right? <laughs> and I, I mean, you know, who's Joseph got to talk to? How many people ever had their wives immaculately conceived with by the Holy Spirit, right? I mean, it's not like the bridezilla conversations that guys get to have, like, oh, yeah, you know, my wife, she been, she's, like, really stressed out. We're getting married, and, you know, I mean, she's acting weird. She's crying all the time, and all she thinks about is the wedding. And, and Joseph's like, yeah, I know, man. Yeah, my wife, she's being weird, too. You know. You know how it is. Your wife, pregnant by the Holy Spirit, it's just hard, you know. It's confusing. No, no, no. That's not. He got nobody to talk to. You, I imagine that that uh, Joseph just ran off like on a bad scene from Footloose. You know, Kevin Bacon, 1980s, just danced it off. Right? What else do you do? Go. Who do you go to? I mean, this is the craziest day that any human being could possibly have, I think. Is, and they try to get your head wrapped around it. And it says that Joseph's like, he's going to just figure out a way to get out of this deal. But he, I, he must have really loved Mary because he didn't want to expose her, right? He didn't want to expose her. He wanted to try to like, Deal with it quietly, because he would hate to see her get stoned, right? He would hate to see her be killed for this. So there was some love in the relationship, obviously. And, but, but this was no amazing, great way to start your marriage. And I'm telling you, if you heard that your betrothed wife was pregnant before you're married, and you knew it wasn't you, you'd be losing your peace. And Joseph was really struggling not to lose his peace here, right? He's struggling not to lose his shit kind of glory. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to lose the glory. 
don't lose the glory. You need to have the peace of the Lord in the middle of your storm. Joseph is thrown into a gigantic storm. I mean, just tossed in to this huge storm. It reminds me of when Jesus himself, when he was, you know, a a full-grown man and he was in the middle of his ministry, he takes his disciples and he says, look, I want you to row us out into the middle of this lake. We're going to cross this lake, okay, and I'm going to go take a nap. And so he takes a nap in the boat and this huge storm kicks up. You're telling me Jesus didn't know there's a storm about to happen. He's God sends him right out in the middle of this thing, and then he sleeps through it, probably fake napping. Because this is how God does it, right? He's got one little eye cracked open, just like listening how they respond, what's going on. And the storm's going nuts, and all the disciples are freaking out, and they finally get so panicked, they wake Jesus up, and they go, we're gonna die. Do something. Jesus stands up, and he goes, ye of little faith, Peace be still. Boom. The storm just calms instantly. See, Jesus is Emmanuel. He's God with us. But he is the peace in your storm. This is what's so amazing to me is that Joseph would have had no real idea except that that, that Jesus, the God of the universe, was actually now uh, present in the womb of his betrothed. How could he even... How could he even wrap his head around that? And all that would create, because the circumstances are so wild and so crazy, is tons of fear and anxiety about all of the ways this is going to go bad. Anybody ever feel like in your life that, that your life just starts to just weave out of control sometimes? And, and you're like, how do we lock this down? Because there's something that you and I want. And we want peace. In fact, we're made for peace. We're made for this wholeness. There's something that's a desire inside our heart to be at peace, at rest, in tranquility. And the promise to the Israelites in the time of the law was that I am going to give you a land. Actually gave the promise to Abraham and to Moses, said I'm going to give you a land, a land of peace, a land of prosperity. You're going to enter into it. And they did in the natural. They crossed over the Jordan into the promised land, physical land. But Hebrews says that that was just just the foreshadowing of the real promised land that was gonna come when Emmanuel, the Prince of Peace, drives himself into the world and pays for the price of our sin and gives us access into the Holy of Holies, a true place of rest and peace. And it's eternal peace. See, you and I are made for Emmanuel, God with us, peace with us all the time. But when the storms of life come in, and I think God set this scenario up that he's like, look, I'm coming in in the storm. The world is a storm. It's a storm of sin. Your life is a storm. There's circumstances that are gonna be up and down. It's gonna be difficult. There's stuff going on. And Jesus, God, I, I can imagine God, he's just like, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, together, however they talk to each other, right? Let's do this and let's do it right. We're coming in in a storm. We're gonna freak everybody out. Let's freak Joseph out. This is gonna be so awesome. But we know Joseph is a righteous man. He can take it, all right? He is gonna make it, all right? So they come in and they set this up. And I think about this. Like if people weren't thinking that in this storm of their life that, that Mary was pregnant and they just thought, oh, it was Joseph and they're lying about it. But Joseph's denying, he's like, it wasn't me. 
it wasn't me, I'm a righteous man. And everybody goes, well, who was it? What a, what a great question. If, if he would have, there's a way that he could have temporarily alleviated his pain to escape the storm and say, uh, he could have lied about it. It was me. I was me. We just, we're, you know, we're, we're married today, okay? <laughs> Shotgun wedding, you know. Uh, we just got impatient. It was me. Then everybody thought, this is Joseph's son. Pain goes away. Problem goes away. But Joseph, being a righteous man, could not lie. He says, no, 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 this wasn't my son. They go, it was another man's. That's right, it was another man's. The father God. It was God's son, not his. And it left it open for people to have to ask, whose kid is this? Whose kid is this? Oh, but only when you find Emmanuel, the prince of peace, are you going to know he's truly God. And that this was immaculate conception. This wasn't some bad Jerry Springer show, actually. This really was a divine moment that was prophesied many years before that God, the Prince of Peace, all of the government would set on his shoulders, is coming as vulnerable as a little baby. Amazing. But it took a real man of character. Joseph was a real man of integrity and fortitude. But he needed something, just like you and I need something. It's very difficult when we look at the circumstances and we want to just get around and we want to just get by them. We want to try to create artificial peace. Artificial peace is temporary. It's just pieces. It is, it is just a way to try to lock down our fear and try to alleviate the, the real uh, storm and tempest of fear that is going out of control. Circumstances are going out of control in our life and our Temporary solutions are to lock that fear down. We gotta solve this problem, that problem, and this and that, and we're just gonna clamp this down to try to like alleviate some of our anxiety, right? But that, that, that temporary peace, that solution, it is, is always vulnerable, it's always fragile, and it never brings wholeness or completion. I don't know about you, but when a storm comes in your life or an earthquake comes in your life, how do you respond? Yeah, I've been hearing stories about the earthquakes, right? And what happened when the earthquake happened. And then it really wasn't so bad, the earthquake, but it's the aftershock stories. Those are the best, right? And so my favorite story so far is um, uh, my friend Mariah Anderson. You heard her preaching last week. She, 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 <laughs> She's going to kill me. I'm telling her story. <laughs> she wakes up. So Reed actually tells the story to me. Her husband tells the story to me. The earthquake goes. And she wakes up. She opens her door. She, of course, the earthquake wakes her up out of sleep. She busts out. Reed's got the little kids huddled like this. They're all like, oh. She goes, earthquake. And then runs back in her room, dives behind her bed. Earthquake. <laughs> Leaves her little babies out there. Survival mode. So we're actually planning this preaching series, which was super fun. Reed and Mariah and I, working on it. And we're going, and one of the aftershocks come, and it's like, right? It's like a really big one. We were like, boom. And I go like this, huh, you know? Reed's sitting there going, nothing. He doesn't do anything. And Mariah jumps up, boom, jumps up out of her thing, and starts running around. <laughs> 
That's how I learned about her response when the earthquake actually happened. Reed told on her, yeah. Now I'm telling everybody, be careful who you tell your stories to. <laughs> how do you respond? How do you respond when the earthquake comes? How do you respond when the storm comes in your life? Do you just pop up and panic? And just start running and doing whatever you can to try to alleviate the fear and just stop the storm? I think a lot of us can relate to Mariah, right? We can all relate to the reaction where we just pop up and we're like, I gotta solve this problem. I gotta do this right now. But God wants us to respond more like Joseph. And you know, even if Joseph, he sometimes, he, I mean, he's going to bed probably mad, angry, tired from his Kevin Bacon footloose dance, right? And he goes to sleep. You can't imagine the guy was frust not frustrated. He was frustrated. He was confused. And he was trying to figure out how he was going to alleviate this temporary problem to bring peace into his life. And in the middle of the night, he has a dream. And an angel, probably the same angel, comes to him. <laughs> He's all like, hey, I was talking to your wife last night. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and God says to him through this angel, look, this is from me. Your wife, you need to do not be worried about Mary. You take her as your wife. She is truly conceived from the Holy Spirit. And you are gonna name him Jesus because he's coming to save the world. And I'm saying you meet God in a dream. It's time to respond. This is one of the things I love is that you and I, we, when storms are coming, but Jesus is peace. He's Emmanuel. He's here with us. Where is he in your storm? And this is what we have to see is we're leaving space that there is, that, that for, for God, we're looking for him in the midst of the storm and not to lock down our circumstances and try to make them all go away. If you want answers for the why your circumstances are happening, you are gonna be lost. You will never find peace. Peace will never come in your circumstances. It only comes from the Prince of Peace, the author of peace, Emmanuel, God himself with us, living peace. And see, when Joseph gets this word from the Lord, he does this incredible thing. And it says that he just wakes up and he obeys the Lord. Yeah. Next day, no more like, oh, I don't know, Mary. I don't know if we should do this. He just wakes up and he does what the Lord says. And he goes for it. And if from that moment on, we see him as a rock and he's just there and he's like with her and he, they travel to do the census and he's there in, in the manger. I mean, he is with her. And even after that, when the angel, he has another dream, he sends him and he, he takes his family and they escape into Egypt to be protected from the genocide that Herod was trying to bring and really the devil was trying to bring. But Philippians 4, 6 says this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends or goes beyond all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God will guard your mind, because your mind will go nuts trying to figure out the circumstances. And then your 
Fear, your anxiety, is going to go crazy. And you guys know, when anxiety comes into your life, when fear comes into your life, your body has an intimate connection with fear, and it sets loose a barrage of chemicals in your mind and throughout your body that causes you to freak out. Your body starts to tremble. Have you ever watched somebody stand up to public speak that hasn't conquered their fear of talking in front of people? We should do it right now. Let's do a test. Who wants, who's the most afraid of public speaking? I'm going to get you to stand here and we'll watch a visual demonstration of the fear crumble your whole physiology, right? It's unbelievable. Isn't it amazing like how much it can just affect your whole body? You ever been in a conflict and then you're like, teeth start to chatter? You're like, stop it. You're, you can't tell fear to stop. Right? When the chemicals are flowing, when you are afraid, you get this thing called limited attention. Your whole focus comes in, and you can no longer think in big picture perspective. It's isolated. You can see very little, hardly anything at one time, and it's to survive. God gave you this gift to survive. But when we look at our circumstances, the storm in our life, and we start asking really bad questions like, why? Stop. Stop asking why the circumstance. You don't need to know why. Sometimes it could be God. Sometimes it's somebody else's stupidity. Sometimes it's your own stupidity. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Life has all kinds of opportunities for you and I to ask the right question. God, where are you in the midst of my storm? Who are you in my storm? That's the question you and I need to ask. God, how do you want me to respond in this storm? Because Jesus, you're the prince of peace. In fact, the governments are on your shoulders. There is nothing that you cannot overcome. And there's nothing in your life, even unto death, guys, gals, even unto death, when the prince of peace is ruling and guarding your heart in Christ Jesus, you don't fall prey to anxiety because peace is ruling peace is a person peace is Emmanuel he's Jesus he's God with us he was born as a baby because of Joseph's obedience to the word of the Lord and he submitted his life and he obeyed the word he allowed God to strengthen him and live in him he didn't know it but the prince of peace was in the womb of his betrothed and when he went to the manger he got to deliver into the world Physically, the Prince of Peace. When you obey the Lord, you get to deliver the Prince of Peace into your world. It isn't about having easy circumstances. It's about delivering the Prince of Peace as an ambassador of Christ into the world. Your obedience gives you the opportunity to birth peace into your circumstances. We've got to see Jesus as the Prince of Peace. And we have to understand that we are made to be his ambassadors, carriers. We're carriers of his presence. We're ministers of his presence, called to carry his peace into the world, called to minister his peace into the world. Peace is a promise to those who believe. 
Psalms 29, 11, the Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. You have peace. When you choose Jesus, when you accept Jesus, when you receive him into your life, like Joseph received Jesus, even in the womb, he said, God, I believe that this is the son of God, your son, and he truly is God. And I don't care what I have to do and what shame I endure because of what everybody says about me and her. I'm going to defend your honor, God. And I'm going to say, no, no, no. My wife is holy. She is pure. She was a virgin. This is God's kid. And I did not touch her. I'm sticking with her. The Prince of Peace is coming in to this world. And I'm gonna be a part of it. You and I get to respond the same way. When you believe God is good and his intention for you is always good and he's gonna always work it out for your good, even if it means you being faithful through, su through suffering and hardship and grief and you have this peace that is a promise from God that comes in and it transcends all understanding. See, when all the circumstances around you are chaos and a storm and there's an earthquake happening around you and you carry peace and you bring peace into the world, you make peace in those circumstances and other people are popping up and freaking out and running around and you're like, hey, no, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. There is a pathway. You don't have to freak out. We can trust in him. When you carry that peace and you're truly an ambassador of that peace, you bring, begin to bring and deliverance to the world. It's beautiful. Why don't we think about it kind of like this? Um, in our home and kind of an extended family, uh, we like to do puzzles at Christmas time and around the holiday times. And now that the kids are getting a little bit older, the puzzles are coming back out, right? Now that they're not eating all the puzzle pieces. Found plenty of puzzle pieces and some diapers. Anybody else out there? Right? But how many of you guys hate it? I mean, it's like the worst thing about a Christmas puzzle is when you get to the very end, and there's a couple, there's some things. Sometimes it's there's that one person in the family that loves to sneak and hide the last piece, right? And it's some interior piece because they're smart. They know exactly which one to leave out. Not an outside piece because then people start looking right away. You wait till the very end. So the very end, they're like, and they're almost there. And then there's that one last missing piece to the Christmas puzzle, right? It's like the star on the top of the Christmas tree. You're like, that's gotta be in there, right? That missing piece of the Christmas puzzle. Drive you mad. Anybody lose their peace over the missing piece? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you go out and you find it. It is in your kid's diaper. You're like, there it is. I don't care. I'm washing it off. I'm putting it in. <laughs> Got to finish it. There's something in your life that's made for peace. You're made for Emmanuel. You're made to have that internal peace. And it only comes when you give your heart to Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father except through the Son. No one has eternal peace. It's all temporal. It's all circumstantial unless you accept the Emmanuel, the Prince of Peace, into your life. He is that missing piece to your Christmas puzzle. 
that peace that brings it all together and brings wholeness and completion, tranquility, safety into your life. No matter what the circumstances, I'm not saying he fixes the circumstances. He is the calm in your storm. Jesus is in your boat and he says, peace to the storm, peace to the anxiety because I am with you. Why are you afraid when the son of God, the living God is in your boat? Whatever happens to your temporary body and life goes away and you go into eternity. Faithful, found, known, belonging, saved, set aside, sanctified, made right, beautiful, and whole because of the Prince of Peace. But you and I have to live in that peace today. We have to let that peace, understanding, and put our mind's eye and understanding on the wholeness that he brings as he brings that whole puzzle together. And when he puts it in, your whole life starts to make sense. In fact, all your pain and suffering, you find peace in it because now it has purpose. You see how God transformed you, taught you, used you, met you, uses that pain to comfort others. While they're in the middle of it, you bring peace as an ambassador you're able to birth peace in their life. Romans 4.8 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. You need to put peace into practice. And it's where you put your mind. It's what you think on. Pray. We're going to pray when there's trouble. We're going to focus what is lovely and what is right when there's evil and other things around. What is admirable when there's something in somebody that isn't. I'm going to look at what's admirable in you instead of the things that aren't. It's what I choose to focus on. And anything that is excellent and praiseworthy. Notice there's no negativity in this. Guys with positivity, people that are positive, all the positivity folks out there like me, Love these passages. Stop being a negative nerd, okay? Get rid of it. It's not kingdom. It, we, we've got to shut that stuff down. We've got to focus on what is right, what is pure, what is good, what is holy, what is admirable, what is excellent. Find something that's praiseworthy this year. Find something that is excellent in somebody else and praise them. And so many times, just look at all the negative stuff. And then our life, we just think it is this huge negative thing. And that our circumstances, and then we start asking stupid questions like, where is God in my circumstances? Why did God make this happen to me? Then you're just going to spin out of control. But whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. He is the prince of peace. He's the captain of peace, guys. He will make it happen. Romans 15, 13 says, I pray that God, the source of hope. Where do we find our hope? In him. It's in God. There is no other place for hope. Will fill you completely with joy and peace. If you want peace, you're going to get it from Jesus. Nothing else. It's not the new car. It's not the hope, uh, the, the, the new boat. It's not the, 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 the hope in a new home. It's not the promotion. None of those things are going to give you hope and peace. But you trust in him with your joy and peace because you trust in him. It's about where we put our trust. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. How beautiful is that? 
I'd love to overflow with confident hope from the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray this just a little bit. Will you close your eyes for a moment? Father God, right now, I just surrender my heart and my life to you. You are the Prince of Peace. And I'm asking that you will allow me to put my trust and my hope in you. And I want to overflow. Can you pray this? God, make me. Come on, God, make me. Overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit because you are the Prince of Peace. If you keep your eyes closed for just a moment, if there's anybody here, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You've never surrendered your life to him. I'd just love to pray with you right now. This is a perfect time to let the Prince of Peace come into your life, into your storm, and rescue and save you. And you'll be saved for all of eternity. And maybe you've come to church for years and years, and, and you just have never really believed, but now is your time. If that's you today, and you're here, and you're, I want to give my heart to Jesus. I'd love to pray with you. All you got to do is slip your hand up. Nobody's going to be looking around. Just slip your hand up, and I'll pray with you. Anybody here? Jesus, I'm ready to turn my life over to you. I want to pray and receive you, Jesus. Anybody here? Okay. We're going to pray together anyway because I can't help myself. It's compulsive. Jesus, let's just pray this, everybody. Jesus, we love you. You are God. Save me. Rescue me. Be my Prince of Peace. You are my hope. You are my hope eternal. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. We hope to see you soon.